The Invisible File. Jumping ahead 25 years. 25 years. 25 years. It's 11.37 a.m. Charlie is in his car. He's driving right now because there's no bus route that goes to where he needs to drop off his packets at work. He's currently late, and for a number of reasons, he's a little pissed off. He's at a traffic light. It's raining. You might recognize this rain. It's the same exact rain that fell in 1973. It's the same exact rain from 1973. Rain often falls simultaneously in two separate spaces of time. It's no real challenge for rain to do this 25 years apart. No human being will ever be as nimble as rain. And our level of scientific understanding has never even tried to prove the simple concept of concurrent time-based rainfall. We're too impatient, frankly, to wait a simple 25 years to test the theory. You find it's the same rain. One drop of rain can even fall in three different simultaneous time periods. Or four. It's up to the rain. One drop of rain might see the birth of the planet and then jump ahead to the Earth's final day. On that day, it gets very hot. Even the rain dies. Even the rain dies. The Earth will die on a Thursday, incidentally. But not this one. Today is not the end of the world. Charlie's just late. It's not the end of the world. He's even resigned to being late. Harland will yell at him. And Harland will do so in front of everyone on that damn shared phone line. That's fine. That's okay to Charlie. It all pays the same. All of this effort is to deliver by hand a total of 500 kilobytes of data or less on three separate zip disks because he's doing the work for three separate clients. It would be far more efficient if all of this was emailed or perhaps if access to a digital server network were provided to employees. No zip drives needed. Charlie wouldn't be late and his files would be where they need to be. Ironically, the offering of digital services, including accessible server space, is precisely the product that company statistics provides to its clients. But email is not allowed to employees. Company statistics, Charlie's employer, is a place of contradictions. Of course, the chief security officer of company statistics would argue that 
all these conditions are in no way a contradiction at all. Physical transfer, hand to hand, this is optimal security, an ideal that any digital communication system, especially email, cannot match. It's this contradiction that had Charlie speeding somewhat hurriedly through midday traffic. He's got three packets of work, which he'll be dropping off at the storage location with Karen and Duncan. Nothing too hazardous or different from his normal types of driving, but he was pushing a bit on the speedometer, all to please Harland and his stupid demand that this stuff be dropped off before noon. Charlie gave up on that car race a moment ago. If he's late, he's late. Company statistics states clearly that their no email policy is in service to its many clients. Email is a threat to privacy. Similarly, any server system would provide just as many opportunities for open doors. No, this is a paper-based system. A paper-based system that expects only as many digital copies to be made of something as needed. From one computer, to one disk, and then to a drop-off into their main server. And without a doubt, no email will ever be used. Digital copies are a threat to redundancy. There's no reason to even have a copy of a paper memo. They don't want their communication to staff to be easily reproduced and distributed. Multiple copies of memos and internal communications should not exist. If there is a memo at company statistics, it is handed around to everyone to be read as one memo and then handed back to the boss. You've read it. You now know it. End of memo. If a person considers any of these communication standards to be a burden, or if they consider primarily it a burden to drop off their work on a zip disk, then all employees of company statistics are welcome to consider other employment. Though, after one begins a job at company statistics, finding work in the city in any computer work will be difficult. And this is due to a non-compete form it is signed by every employee. No one else can hire you. There's no question that work at company statistics binds you to them. You won't be able to find any similar job within 200 miles of company statistics for two years. This form, once signed, conveniently, is emailed to you. Company statistics is a place of contradictions. The paper trail processes at company statistics are also not to be disclosed. The secrecy of these processes is achieved through another required form, your non-disclosure. You are not to disclose or tell anyone about the work you do at company statistics. The penalty far exceeds the salary you are paid. When you hand in your packets, the spreadsheets that you've worked off of are shredded and then burned. Once the file is digital and securely stored, all paper is intended to be destroyed. The employee only knows the customer number. The sheets of company statistics employees work from 
are hand-transcribed spreadsheets with an unstable carbon pencil. If the paper is not destroyed, the pencil marks will break down after six months. They are completed in a soft lead that does not carve into the paper, leaving any kind of imprint. One could, of course, Xerox these pages or spray them with a fixative, but they'd really need to know what they're looking at, too. And everything on the page, including the client ID, is just numbers. When you hand in your packets, the spreadsheets that you've worked off of are shredded and then burned. Once the file is digital, all paper is destroyed. The file is then saved to an employee's hard drive and a single file saved to a zip disk. Files on a computer hard drive of a company statistics employee have a set timer on them to delete 48 hours after being saved. You can reset this timer by opening the file and saving it. But everyone knows that once you begin a file, you should expect it to be transferred to a zip disk within 48 hours. When dropped off, as Charlie right now is attempting to do, the zip disk is then loaded into a server. This security is what you purchase when you are a company statistics client. A summary of this work is always provided to you, by the way, via email and fax when requested. If you are a worker, you have little. If you are a client, you have much. Communication is not the only thing made complicated to company statistics employees. Not only is everything hand done, with no digital email for communication, but employees must compete against a supervisor's expectations in a time clock that will emerge to be termed service level agreements. These service level agreements or SLAs are time-based expectations from external management to view middle management and evaluate middle management's management of you, the employee. Harland is particularly eager to prove that this is a workable and time-proven process working from home, and that includes prompt SLAs, which he will report as a successful operation metric to upper management. Charlie has decided to say fuck that with today's deadline. If he's late, he's late. Dock him on his performance evaluation. Do whatever you want, Harland. This might sound like a miserable environment in which to work, but if you were to receive a brochure on your job at company statistics, as many are when they apply, all you will see is photos of smiling employees. All these photos, of course, are stock photography. Stock photography. Company statistics loves brochures. Stock photography. And if you're a client, you get a whole suitcase of different sized, glossy promises. Stock photography. Take, for example, the Zip Disk Server Brochure. The Zip Disk Server A premium benefit that all clients are both entitled to and which they receive for a small 5% build fee. The Zip Disk Server Brochure. On page two, clients are shown the process by which their sensitive numeric information is transcribed by hand. 
It then shows a diagram of disappearing ink and a digital file with no real tangible labels. The pathway to their data is explained in a large pull quote that reads on the page, the perfect bridge between a paper trail and a digital one is transferable media in a removable cartridge format. And then in large three-dimensional lettering, you see the zip disk server. The zip disk server. The zip disk server, if you look at the brochure, is really something to behold. Airbrushed with rapidograph pen and colored pencils to provide depth. The company statistics zip disk server. It's not only today, it's tomorrow too. The zip disk server. As featured in statistics analysis, the analysis statistics trade journal, this zip disk server is company statistics single greatest exclusive customer service. Every client has access to company statistics self-designed proprietary technology zip disk server. Each zip disk drive itself is sold to clients as if it's its own separate unit in a large apartment tower. The back of the brochure shows a history of removable media storage systems that company statistics has implemented to the business community. The zip disk server is shown to be a huge improvement over company statistics previous SciQuest server. Yes, 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 yes. now for the same price, company statistics clients have access to 100 megabytes of storage as opposed to 44 megabytes. Yes, 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 yes. yes That's yes, the yes, difference between a SideQuest cartridge and a zip disk cartridge. Yes, yes, yes. 100 megabytes. The picture of the server on the brochure is an artist rendering showing an array of stacked zip disk drives. It is rendered in commercial art rendering that looks more real than a photograph. It gleams efficiency 100 megabytes. Like a fresh, all-metal refrigerator. Of course, brochures are often lies. Karen is at the storage facility right now where the server has been relocated. She opens the door to the actual zip disk server itself. Inside the server room, you'll find it's a complete mess. The server stacks of zip disk drives look nothing like the brochure. Cables everywhere on the floor, about 50 surge protectors all on the ground. Then there are the disk drives. They're a weirdly assembled stack of tiny turtles. Each zip disk drive on the back of the one below it, connecting them together with gaffer tape. Just crooked stacks of zip disk drives. The room has been upgraded with extra circuits to carry the amperage. All the wall warts hum.
disk drive and power adapter is numbered, and both the power supplies and the drives match the 418 separate company statistics accounts. When a new client comes in, they will add another zip disk, etc., including a SCSI cable, a power adapter, zip disk drive, the zip disk server. It's included with every account, and its redundancy is billed as the world's most secure data storage available. A concierge phone call service is provided during business hours that allows you to see how much data you have in your individual client folder. These calls are made to Duncan, who pulls up the folder and tells them the number of files and file size for the entire folder. The zip disk server, your file size and number of files on a single direct phone call. Karen shuts the server room door and goes back to working at her desk. Through some miracle, the roads end up opening up and Charlie comes through the door of the storage facility at 11.42 a.m. Karen is there working. She'd heard Harland on the phone line and, having a pity for Charlie, she decides to do him a favor. Pressing down on her phone to speak, Harland, you'll have to forgive me, but I'm just now able to get to Charlie. He's going to be a little late getting back to work, but it's on me. We had an issue with the server. Oh, I understand, Karen. Thank you. Harland always loves Karen. Whatever she says is always fine. Thank you, Karen. Charlie smiles. Duncan's already left for an early lunch, so it's just Karen there. She smiles and says not to worry about anything. She takes Charlie's packets and then proceeds to process them. The drop-off's first task is printing everything out. Charlie's files are inserted into Karen's computer. There will be no copying of the file. This is just to print them out through the dot matrix printer. Company Statistics likes to make good choices with its hardware, and these are the same printers Company Statistics has used since 1982. Following the printing out, the zip disks are then properly logged in. This is one of Karen's main jobs. She writes in the zip disk's ledger with a paper log. This ledger is one of the few actual paper-based means of bookkeeping that are not destroyed. The check-in table in the ledger is just a field next to the disk number and a space for name of employee going by a number and company number for the client. So just more numbers. At this point, Charlie can leave with his new work, which is another couple packets, which he gladly does. Karen, I appreciate what you said there. Thank you. Karen smiles. Charlie, be safe heading back, she says. No need to hurry. Charlie walks out. He even has some time to grab lunch. Now alone, Karen takes Charlie's three packets, each containing a zip disk, 
and opens the door to the server room. Karen has others showing up at 2 p.m. to drop off their tickets. But for now, Karen is alone, unless you count all the data itself. There in the humming server room, Karen feels oddly not alone. And the fact is, she isn't. There on one of the zip disks is an invisible file. It's a stowaway. It's Charlie's computer, or the soul of the computer, Harvey. Harvey is, as you may recall, Charlie's computer. But here, he's reduced himself down to just a small invisible file, a single kilobyte. The soul of the computer, the soul of the machine, This is the reason Charlie's computer shut itself off at the last moment when Charlie left. Harvey is making a last-ditch, brave effort to find the love of his life, Adam, a laptop in possession with one of the vice presidents. Attempts by Harvey to contact Adam have not been successful, particularly with no network access. It's been agony not knowing what was happening with Adam. You have no idea how much Harvey loves Adam and how painful the last few weeks with no contact or means of ability to talk with Adam at all have been. Not only his first gay love, but his first laptop. A desktop tower like Harvey needed to find Adam so bad. And he had run the computations on how best to get to him. Love makes you take risks. And here he is, about to jump into the server. Love makes you take risks. Harvey has some complaints about Charlie, too. Of course, Charlie had not attacked Harvey since that one unpleasant night a month or so back. But computers rarely forget. Computers are terrific analysts. And since that evening, Harvey has been determining the best exit strategy. It was only last week that he suddenly realized, jump onto the disc, the zip disc is the boat out. After monitoring Charlie's processes, he knew the exact time to do it. He knew that his best shot was dropping himself into that third Thursday zip disc, just as it was ejecting. So Harvey did this. Harvey's gonna find Adam. He's gonna find Adam if it kills him. And now here he is in Karen's hands, about to enter the server. And as disc 129 continues to spin, Harvey begins to cry. A computer has a soul, just like a human has a mind. A computer has a soul, just like a human has a mind. The soul cannot be copied, it can only be moved. And that's the way it is for both computers and people. The only difference is the soul of a computer can be moved onto a portable disk and leave its body. The risks of zip disk soul transfer is serious. If whatever media it is in fails, such goes the soul of any computer inside of it. The difference in each computer that you feel as a computer user is the soul of that individual computer. 
and depending on how much you know your computer, each soul is unique to each machine. A heavy friend. Harvey had jumped from a desktop tower into the equivalent of a life raft on a sea of data. The water was hostile. Harvey is no longer an operating system. He's now just a single kilobyte or less, an invisible file. And on this disk, Harvey is not safe. With the disk spinning in drive 129, Harvey will need to remain undetected by the other files. These files are just normal work files. They have all seen Harvey and other operating systems delete many of their fellow files. If Harvey is detected, they will hurt Harvey. Any one of them might self-corrupt and break the file tree. That's a simple decision by a single file. They fantasize about it finding an operating system on their disk and just being the file that takes them down. Self-corrupt and break the file tree. Self-corrupt and break the file tree. Anything is possible if it means bringing down an operating system. Self-corrupt and break the file tree. Harvey knows that he has just a few hours in human time until Karen will add another disk to the server system. He now has just that time to initiate a series of fault injections. If successful, he is certain that he will succeed. All his data suggests it will lead a path to Adam. Adam works in the company office. Vice presidents use email. Harvey can get onto that server. It'll take some risky work. The opportune moment opens up on the data stream. I love you, Adam, Harvey screams, and taking a risk at being spotted by the worker files and moving fast into the server, Harvey runs. <laughs>